0: Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit BrumRadio.com.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine with me, Laura Arrowsmith, and Sophie Johnson, and I am her bridesmaid. Bum, bum, bum. Yes, yeah, she is i have to get that one in. Um, we are that. so excited to be back. We've got lots of interesting things to talk about
0: today. She also totally blackmailed me into being a bridesmaid.
1: No, I absolutely <laughs> don't. I don't. I don't even want the job, guys. I don't even want it.
0: The day this episode comes out, I'm going to um, screenshot and upload the photo of you doing your ugly crying face. No! So the whole of the Fashionemics crew, listeners and members It's so ugly! All... No, it's beautiful. Yeah, she is my bridesmaid. How could I not have my Fashionemics co-host, my friend of home many years, as my bridesmaid? Which is really close as well. So, yeah, we need to do a wedding podcast. We We need to do do a wedding podcast. We We do. But today we are bringing you a very special luxury episode. So, we're going to be talking about the luxury industry um, and looking at the kind of changes that have happened in the last Mm -hmm. kind of 12 to 18 months, kind of pre pandemic. During the pandemic, I'm just going to see where the luxury industry is going and what the lessons they've learned. We've also got a really special guest, Melissa Johnson. Absolutely fabulous interview for you today. Works as a stylist for Harvey Nichols, but he's also a content creator and has an amazing Instagram. She is so beautiful. stunning. Um, So thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. And we are going to finish slightly off uh, topic. <laughs> you know, we like our tangents. And we are going to be talking about dogs Shock. and fashion yeah we, we like i'm I'm surprised we didn't get it in before episode <laughs> nine to be honest <laughs> Me too. Me um too. but you know what we're like right. welcome back to the luxury fashion luxury you know how much i love my fast fashion and i love my high street mass market brands but now we're gonna look at a completely different part of the sector we want to talk about you know Lots of different things on the podcast and we feel like we've abandoned these brands and we've abandoned this little sector. So Mainly because we don't necessarily shop there often. Well, <laughs> you do, sitting there with a bloody YSL bag on the side and oh, I've got my Primark £3 in the sale bag. But I will say, I'm not too happy about this YSL bag. <gasps> it's the fourth
1: one that I've had in the past two months. You'd think that if you pay that much money that it would be such, like, a real premium product. But um,
0: What do you mean it's the fourth one you've had? You Sent it back?
1: Yeah, I've <gasps> yeah, I have sent it back. Yeah, because know this. you know this little gold, everybody. It's the mini. It's the YSL mini Cassandra in black. Wouldn't have known what that was in case you know what it is or you've had one yourself. So the little, it's got like a YSL clasp and the gold hardware. When you close it, just comes off. What I know, and I, I did kick off. I did kick off at customer services or client services. So client, like, client services. services. Um, and I just said, I've, you know, I've used it twice and the gold is just chipping away, like you'd think for. Bag of that price. I, w- I can't even say the price because I'm just annoyed at myself, but it was her 30th birthday present and I'd save up all my money, had? all my Christmas money. And my, I'm 32 in like a month, in like two weeks' time. <laughs> so I'd save like two years worth of like birthday and Christmas presents. Um, and I really wanted a nice little bag. And because um, girl can't afford the Chanel, you know? No, She's not there no, yet. There was actually a Chanel account there that was, had. And it's, it's never going to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm a bit disappointed with
0: it. I love it. She's really cute. I just think for that She's much beautiful. money, mm. tricky. Yeah, tricky. no, it is a lot of money. And it's not something, the luxury industry is not something I will admit. Obviously, I read about, I enjoy reading yep. about the sector and the business and, and the things that are affecting luxury, and I, I don't dismiss it, but myself as a consumer, don't. I don't buy that much luxury. got my Louboutins, but that was completely a 30th birthday present. I wouldn't have gone out and spent that kind of money on yeah. myself. You know you know me, and the listeners will know me by now as well. But I think it's really important. I think naturally when we're doing something like we do, like at our podcast, we kind of gravitate towards what we know. Mm. Um, uh, not you know, in terms of what we consume. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah. it's quite sometimes, you know, some of the brands that we follow we're constantly talking about. So we really felt like we needed to open mm. up and look a little bit
1: further. I, I also think that we're not, well, I'm not necessarily, like I'd never buy into a luxury piece that was really on trend at that moment. Like everyone's getting those little Balenciaga bags and Balenciaga trainers and all that stuff. And I just feel like in a year's time... I can't afford to keep updating things. You know, I think for me, I'd want to buy something that was a bit timeless like the Chanel and I'd
0: love like a little Burberry Mac or something. Yeah, that sounds good. And I think actually we're going to talk about virtual fashion on um, on our next podcast oh, as well. But are. I think this is where it's working. Yeah. After we've got some of our, our opinions from our followers, um, that's where it's working in the luxury sector because people mm-hmm. are, are, are able to access Yeah. Luxury fashion. Consume it. Yeah.
1: You know, far more easier than, you know. Having to save and and things like that. So
0: anyway, so yeah, so we are going to talk about the luxury sector, um, mainly focusing on um, the pandemic. Because as, as, you know, for the whole fashion industry, there's been lots of lessons learned. There's lots of changes. Um, The most obvious thing for me straight away, and I was interviewed on ITV News very early before we even went into lockdown, wasn't Mm -hmm. I? Um, And the most obvious kind of talking point straight away at the start of the pandemic was the impact of China closing down. And uh, the impact of global tourism. So, you know, a lot of products um, are consumed, particularly in the Chinese market. It's a huge market for the luxury sector. So that, you know, really, that really, you know, cause brands a lot of um, a lot of stress, a lot of their stores closing um, in a lot of prominent places, but also kind of airports around the world as as the whole... Duty free, you know, that's when you go and get the goods. Absolutely. So you think of lots of retailers Pete's sell. Pete, yeah. Uh, what does Pete buy? In? I want to know what um, yeah. luxury items Pete buys when he's in the airport and where he's going. He's just smiling at us. We don't know. We'll find out for you. Yeah. Well, the China market is responsible for eighty percent of
1: growth in the in the luxury industry. So that's you know such a big chunk. So to not have that tourism, especially in the UK, yes, you know, it's going to really affect our economy. I mean, our economy is affected anyway because of COVID. But um, it's quite interesting to see the impact that that has had. Just yes. from that, you know, from tourism is so such a big thing. So um, it's and interesting. And when's
0: that coming back? Yeah. Exactly. So I've still not been on a plane. I can't tell you how many cancelled holidays. I'm sure, yeah. you know, of sympathy from no, none of our listeners because everyone's in the same boat, and that's absolutely fine. Um, not that I'd actually go and buy anything luxury. Um, I normally just buy perfume and stuff in, in, mm. in the... Um, or some sunglasses. Some sunglasses. Yeah. Some yeah. Sunnies. Um, Mind
1: you, our Birmingham um, airport's a bit naff, isn't it? You want to yeah. go, like... Is it Heathrow that's oh, a good one?
0: Yes. It's um, Terminal 5, is it? Is that the really good one? I'm sure I've flown to that know. one. Let us
1: know, guys, if you do know. Yes, let us know. Do. If we ever get out of here, let us know. That'd be lovely. Um, but, yeah, back to the luxury industry, I think it's a difficult one, really, because they are almost not ahead of their times, are they, in terms of how they interact with their consumer? Especially, I don't know this because, I, I mean, I can't, I, you know, I can't afford Chanel, but I often go on the website, have a little bit of a browse, but you can't buy
0: yeah I mean and you I still think, you still
1: can't buy from Chanel no I don't think so I think you can browse but they like you to go into store and have that customer experience and I think it's it is a nice thing you know we often see people on on Instagram and they're going and getting the service where they get the champagne and they get into yeah. the, in the nice rooms and they get to browse the product I suppose they buy something because the shops have been closed people haven't no you had can't do that. that yeah but so I think post-pandemic they're being the luxury sector has been forced to evolve to survive i think that's one thing what well, i'm hoping that they, they will take from this yeah um that we need that online experience yeah a lot of the
0: brands have, have kind of shunned it for such a long time you know there's, yeah. been, there's been a few kind of high flyers like you know burberry is comes to the front of my mind every time i think about that kind of digital evolution and e-commerce yeah. and they've been one of the brands but i've also you know i've done amazing things but i've also i feel like being looked down upon in some respects from other fashion high fashion mm-hmm. retailers mm-hmm. because they don't they haven't considered what burberry have considered and you know brands yeah. like burberry now are are, are absolutely thriving. smashing it yeah, and yeah, thriving yeah, yeah. because they have it's what it wasn't they haven't been forced to consider digital um because of the pandemic which a lot of brands are now and, and have kind of panicked over the last 18 months but what they've, they've done is looked at the curve looked at trends looked ahead and understood yeah. that
1: new consumer but they'll, they'll be the ones that survive and thrive. And you think, you know, historically, luxury brands have underinvested in their digital services. I think that they were in fear that it devalued the luxury experience um, leading to a reliance on in-store purchases. But that's the error. That's where they, they need to step up and actually take a step back and say, well, you know, we've lost X amount of money over the 18 month period we need to step up like Burberry, we need to do something, um, but still provide um, the luxury experience. I mean, I haven't been into YSL to buy that bag, because the nearest one to us is London anyway. Um, So I've had it delivered, and it still comes in a nice box and all the black paper and a little note and things like that. So it, it is nice, but I think it would also be good to be able to walk into the store and have that you know, face-to-face contact with the sales assistant. But it's not the be-all and end-all for me at all. No. Um, But, you know, when I think about um, how the luxury sector has survived so far through the pandemic is the um, stockists, you know, brands like Barfetch, Netta Porter, what else have we got? Um, You know, where you can go on and browse hundreds of different designers all in one place. And I think that saved the industry. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that evolves. I know that the CEO of farfetch um, said that sales online with them, they were receiving 900,000 customers in two recent quarters. That's how many customers that they've gained. Wow. I mean, I had never shopped on farfetch no. until the pandemic, um, and I, you know, bought the odd thing on there, but before then I, I wouldn't think about it, but I think it's just at home, you are browsing different sites and i think you know when you think about asos you can buy asos brands and asos clothes themselves all in one place so again it's that convenience of getting hold of stuff very quickly um And it's all about, you know, the click through rate of not having to go to loads of different websites, loads of websites. It's all in one place. And I think that's what consumers like. It's the it's the speed.
0: And I think they're realising that even luxury consumers want that because it's still you know, you can still send something back. And that's the thing. I think the only the only if I shopped more luxury, I think the only thing I would want to go into store for is shoes because oh, yeah. of sizing and taking yeah. that risk but I think anything else like if I was buying a bag or clothing or accessories I wouldn't mind shopping online like you said they're trying to convert that luxury experience into the packaging and into all those other things like you said it's not customer service it's client service it's really interesting mm-hmm. tone of voice and words and things like that and I think what, what we've got to look at here is that we have been in crisis the sector has been in crisis and this is a, a large part of what um I'm doing in my, P- in my PhD. Mm. And in crisis, what is really, really important is engagement and community. Um, so, you know, pre-pandemic, engagement and community will have come from that in-store experience and that yeah. luxury um, experience with, with a customer service advisor or probably not even that's probably not even the right word for someone that works in a store. So what they've had to do is look and learn from other fashion brands that have thrived online mm. and other fashion brands that have have used online communities to get them through crisis, to get them through, you know, other things, and and have that relationship with the consumers, which doesn't even have to be in the same room. So I do feel, and you know, we've always talked about the trickle down effect in in yep. um, in, in luxury fashion. That luxury fashion trickles down to the high street, and I'm, that is still there. But I do believe yep. the luxury sector is also learning lessons now trickle from up. mass market. Absolutely, trickle mm. up. So it's it's all changing, and it's all healthy. And I think there doesn't need to be. Um, and, and there, there probably always will be this kind of higher nature of luxury mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a, a inaccessible and all these things, um, you know, are really changing. I think it'll be interesting to see because I, I guess I, I was thinking the need,
1: is there such a need for designer purchases nowadays? But I think because people have been staying in so much, maybe they're saving more. Oh, I sure I was. Therefore, they're treating themselves to more luxury goods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think is so interesting. The the town where I'm from, I saw it on Instagram yesterday and they were saying that um it was the busiest weekday they've had in such a long time. Even before the pandemic, it would never be that busy. And I think that is so lovely that people are naturally going out and they're spending money. Yes, yeah, they're treating the themselves, to whether it's making themselves feel better, whether they've saved up. I mean, for us, we have to pay eighty pounds a month to park our car at work. Yeah. Um and we're saving that at the moment. So that's lovely. So I mean I'm spending it in other in other places. But um if I stayed that up, I would probably treat myself at the end of the year to something
0: Nice. yeah well people go one of two ways don't they it's the same of the uh, was it the 2008 recession and that was the whole the, the whole lipstick effect wasn't there yep. and people yep. um, you either went one way or the other you saved and you bought luxury items or um, wardrobe staples because mm-hmm. you didn't have as much money and there was this whole rise of people buying luxury lipsticks because they couldn't afford maybe to buy that luxury bag so instead they'd have yep. gone and bought a chanel lipstick or a ysl and i think that's so 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 back that up i think that's 100
1: percent true i don't know about you but and i know this is the case um in the pandemic people because they weren't necessarily buying clothes to Go out. They were really investing in their skincare. Oh, I one hundred percent. I
0: mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I am that awful human being that until very, very recently. Yeah, it broke me. A uh, face wipe, just a baby wipe. Yeah, <laughs> not even, not even, <laughs> not even a face wipe, a baby wipe. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but but now, i but she's still got lovely skin. skin. She's oh, still got I great haven't. skin.
1: I look grey. Well, I had to um, in lockdown. I invested and paid to go see a dermatologist because I thought, do you know what? I'm pushing pushing thirty oh. two. And I thought, I need to look after my skin. I've got adult acne. And um she was the one that advised me on all these different these this particular brand to invest in and how to invest in like the whole retinol thing and oh, all the different retinol. Type, cleanse it in the evening and double cleanse and do all these things. And um it feels really nice. It feels like a little bit of
0: luxury every day and you just feel squeaky clean. You know what as well? And you've bought this up now, and I think it's a really important point. What does luxury mean to people? Because yes. we, we know we sat Yeah, Luxury is, for me, it's down to your uh, perception of what that means to you mm. because to me like you said luxury is, is looking after your skin every day yeah. sometimes a luxury to me might be it might not necessarily be a luxury item that other people deem so it actually depends what you yeah, see. It's, it's, not, it's not
1: paying hundreds of pounds on you know all these different types of skincare it could be the ordinary and i you know oh, love the, all ordinary, the ordinary yeah. and you can get retinol and your all your different cleansers and things very cheaply but they're good you know they're, they're good products but i think it's 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 that luxurious feeling. What makes you feel really good? And, and taking that, you know, ten minutes at the end of your day to kind of look after your skin and take your makeup off and do the cleanse and put your little serums on and that that's a little piece of luxury, isn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And obviously, when we we um, we teach, as you guys know, we we work in academia. Uh, we have a module right at the start of university when the students come on called Fashion Business Context, which is yeah. great. We me and Laura have been kind of ousted off that module into other places, uh, but we love it. It's a great introduction module. back on it this year. Back on it. Oh, yeah, on very Chairs. I love the first year module. And we actually start to break down the sections. That's the thing that's really important because people, um, if we're going to talk like, you know, actual kind of putting uh, brands into categories. Um, a lot of people um, consider brands like Ted Baker, um, cars, kind of these premium high street retailers as luxury. Mm, but and they're high-end high, that's end high street. Yeah, but they are, you know, if we're going to talk about definitions and, and what they are, they're not luxury designer brands. Luxury no. is, you know, defined in the fashion industry as on a catwalk. But that could be depending on how
1: much they're willing to spend. Like Exactly. They might, like I look at Ted Baker and I think... It's quite expensive. Like yeah. I would, I wouldn't.
0: No, I would buy
1: there on a regular basis. Although I've I got can't some
0: French it. bulldog Ted slippers, but I'm pretty sure they were has. a present. They're <laughs> really nice. But it's
1: just not somewhere where I'd naturally be drawn to in terms of like buying my T-shirts or um, you know I'd go there for say. Actually, I'm not really a big fan of Tent Baker. But in terms of, like, recent cosm blah, 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 I wouldn't necessarily be drawn there to buy my everyday wear. It's
0: funny, isn't it? How people sometimes, like, skip, different different skip that bit. So they yeah. go from mass market to luxury, or maybe we'll shop, you know, All Saints, all those kind of yep. brands that are kind of that. Uh, but they what feel you, like they're buying into luxury. What do you view All Saints as? High Street or high-end High Street? High-end High Street. Because yeah. of the price point.
1: Yeah, I think I, yeah, yeah.
0: Which but then I'd see it
1: as less premium as, like, Cos.
0: Do you? Yeah. I don't know, I think maybe a Luca shops there a lot, my, my fiancé um, and, like, his family's on Kalal. I'm giving all the family shout to now, Michelle, <laughs> mother-in-law, and they really like it. And it's, 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 again, it's that accessible luxury. You feel like you're buying yeah. into a luxurious product because it's, like, I mean, £95 for a pair of jeans. It's, it's a treat. It's a, treat. It's a treat. It's yeah. treat, but it's not if we're going to go into the actual, you know, Categories and definitions of of, of luxury fashion—it isn't luxury, but no. again, it goes back to that perception of what people believe they're yeah. buying into, and what um and what that luxury. Um Means to them. Mm, um, definitely. Which, you know, is is a whole other kettle of fish. Whatever
1: you like, guys, whatever your perception is. That's yeah, and that's fine. amazing. You enjoy
0: it. Me going to Primark and buying myself some Disney pajamas, that's my, I love that. I love, I need, it's I'm can't wait to pay down. I'm going to go to Primark, some little mermaid ones that I've got my well, eye there's on. There's nothing better than getting in a new pajama set, just like when no. you've got fresh sheets, you oh, know? Fresh sheets. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, just yes. the one. I'm going to embarrass Luca now because one day he shaved his legs. I don't know why. He's a boy, obviously. Oh. He shaved his legs. Oh, Luca. Because <laughs> he always used to be obsessed with the little like meme on Instagram that used to call up say, he's going to kill me. <laughs> like, it's about freshly shaved legs on, on Oh, on, bless him. He, This was like years ago. He's going to absolutely kill me. Actually, he doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to this podcast. Well, Rude. you deserve this now, Luca. Yes, you deserve he this shaved. this. He's so funny. Um, but that's just made me laugh. Um, but anyway, back to, um, you know, what you know, what the fashion industry do define luxury as, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll, leads really nicely on to talking about uh, Fashion Week. That's yep. been hugely disrupted. Uh, you know, we've had such a strict fashion calendar for so mm. many years and it's all to do with tradition and nostalgia and all these things and this is what we do, uh, you know, and the February, September weeks have never moved. But, you know, obviously the first outbreak really disrupted um Milan and, you know, all over the world. And, you know, uh, did we just about get a London Fashion Week in? It would have been... I can't remember, actually, but if, or if it was quite hybrid in that... Because it was February, wasn't it? Yeah. can't quite remember. Um, okay. I just feel... I like the traditional
1: sense that it happens twice a year and it's very luxurious. Like, I've never been... Well, not allowed. Allowed. I've never been asked or blacklisted. blacklisted from fashion. <laughs> I've never been had the opportunity to go to a catwalk, and I would absolutely love the experience. Be able to, you know, to do it.
0: Oh, um, I just find it quite pretentious. But then, at the same
1: time, when you think about it, it's like, is is the whole experience a little dated? Yes, and it's very much. Um, it's the same. It's the same with the football. I'm only <laughs> into football because I've got this little. Oh, this is brilliant. Little contract with my fiance about if I watch. I don't like sport. Not for me. Not the one. Never watched a football game in my life. And my partner said, "How much would I have to pay you to watch <laughs> the England games?" And I said, "Oh, I don't know." And then we ended up writing a. We've actually written and both signed I've a read contract it and so with, is with all the claws of. Um, the ins and outs that I won't go into. But basically, if I watch the England games, then he will buy me the YSL matching purse, my handbag. But
0: why do you want it when your bag's falling I apart? know, but... That's interesting.
1: So, yeah, yeah, I'm doing that. Really interesting. Um, but no, anyway, um, no, yes. I, I was about to link to something then. But anyway, <laughs> so we were watching the football and you know they're allowed X amount of people into the Wembley Stadium. Well, anyway, I was saying how do they get to choose who gets to be in the stadium? Yeah. And it's a little bit like everybody bought a ticket and they randomly pick people. Or if you follow the football and go from like different stadiums to different countries and you're a real football advocate, you're more likely to get a ticket. And that irritated me because I was like, so you're basically just saying if you've got money and you can afford to travel, you're more likely to go to Wembley. And it's the whole kind of like, we're backing the rich and the poor are suffering again. And that's what really, really, really irritates me. It's like, it's the same with the congestion charge that's happening around Birmingham, where you get charged, I think it's like 11 pounds a day if your car is over a certain age and the emissions are high, but it's like, if you, you haven't got money it. and you can't afford a new car, you're going to suffer and you have to pay the charge. Yeah, but if you're rich fun. and you've got a brand new swanky car, you can you don't have to do park and ride or whatever because you just
0: you just drive on into Birmingham. And you have a good day. Absolutely, and you're right. And there's there's brands in the fashion industry that have started you know to consider influencers. There was, I remember that campaign this was a while back. There, there was a campaign against influencers being. At fashion week, and it's like, but why? Because the people that you need there are the people that are going to talk about your brand voice and humanising your brand. Yeah, humanise your, yeah, your brand. Um, be a, inclusive. You know, not you know, not everyone sat on that front row. But actually, the people probably sat on the front row. We're going to be gifted yeah, those bags. They're not going the to consume from you. No, um, and that's the thing. That's another thing that annoys me is um,
1: they just get given so much stuff. And it's like, how about you give those gifts to? to people that are really going to appreciate it, not people that are going to be like, oh, I've already got 10 of these facial creams or I've yeah. already got this bag or I've already got this. You know, give it to people that really want it, that are, will openly talk about it yeah. and, and, you know, give an honest review about your brand. Absolutely. But there
0: is some luxury fashion brands uh, attached to London Fashion Week, obviously, and other fashion weeks around them, of that dark... And that, that have moved with the times in that which is great which is what they need to do yeah but there's other more traditional brands that still haven't caught up today but maybe the pandemic maybe when we see fashion week come september how that might Mm. change obviously we've just had a kind of fashion really short sharp fashion it was almost a weekend a couple of weeks ago Um, and then we had a, a hybrid um and virtual fashion week um earlier this year we were really fortunate enough to get someone from the British Fashion Council come in and talk to us about and talk to our students about Um, great the change is absolutely amazing um and how they've utilised digital um which is absolutely fantastic. About time. About, yes. But I think it's interesting that, I don't know where I read it, that they were saying that um,
1: the seasons are merging and they're not necessarily having the two, you know, spring, summer, autumn, winter, that they're making these pieces that are transitional throughout the year and yeah. that's like adaptable that's great. and that's perfect. So for me, if I was going to buy luxury, I'd want to be able to mix and match it with things that I've already got throughout the year, not just, oh, this is 100%. Yeah.
0: Seasons have been well out the game for yeah. ages Yeah, if you, you know... If, well, I remember working at Topshop when I was um, at university, and I remember it being really like trend seasonal yeah. trends. And but the, the mass market isn't like that. Fast fashion isn't like that. I haven't got the money for trends. No, you know exactly. But that's, <laughs> that's where the, the luxury industry's maybe fallen behind. And yeah, you know, we've always you know maybe ten years ago we followed that format, and mass and uh, mass market brands, uh, value sector followed those seasons. But this is what I mean again, going back to that trickle up effect yep. is actually the luxury industry needs to learn from these brands because sure. there's no you know you go into any kind of store and it's just new product it's not necessarily mm. maybe as a if you work as a buyer you kind of work into strict scenes but the consumers don't know that anymore no. i mean look i've come in today it's raining it's something, 20 degrees and it's raining. Saturday was beautiful. Yeah, so, you know, one day I could be wearing Like, my parents are going away for a weekend. Hi, Ian. Hi, Trace, going away to celebrate Lovely their 25th Ian. wedding anniversary. Oh. oh, they're going to Lincolnshire next week. And um, I popped to my dad's yesterday and they've got all the packing in it. And there's, like, swim shorts because they've got a hot tub and, and stuff. And then they've got, like, a jumper and jeans and, and jackets because they just don't know what the weather is. Yeah. So there the is seasons are just... Very unpredictable. It is. So I think this is, again, so and I think... Um, some luxury retailers have been scared to to break the mould of Fashion Week sometimes. I agree. Um, I remember Well, what, imagine if one did it and it flopped.
1: It's that kind of, like, social embarrassment that yes. it didn't work.
0: I think it was Vivienne Westwood a few years ago that broke away from the original form. I don't know if she... Did she show her female collection with her male collection later in the year? She uh, Vivienne Westwood did something, it was just against... And it was like, oh, <gasps> outrage. But, you but she's. The, if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Vivienne Westwood, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that kind of goes with their brand. So, yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting. I think I'd love to come back to this and see yeah, kind of in like six months um, where the literature sector is going. Mm-hmm. So, welcome into our podcast this week for episode nine. We have Melissa Johnson, same surname, fab mm-hmm. surname. Um, welcome I to the know. podcast. Um, so, Melissa, you, you work at Harvey Nichols, don't you, um, as a full-time I stylist? Do. And um, oh, yes. you also have your own Instagram platform, which is great as well. So, you, you know, you do your own mm. content creation, your own influencer work, yes. which is amazing. So, it's Content's
1: been beautiful. Yes,
0: it is beautiful. Your photos oh, are you stunning. So when you. I was picking out your photo to put um on the instagram today i was like which one do i choose because they're yeah. all so beautiful <laughs> um oh thank you so much. Oh, you are very welcome um so yes <laughs> so laura off over to you with yeah we're well, just jumping
1: straight mm-hmm. in just jumping straight in but cool. um i just love the fact that you're a stylist and i wanted to ask if you had to choose five yes. key pieces or five items of clothing for a capsule collection for mm-hmm. summer what would you say is an absolute necessity
2: okay so i would definitely say um a few of them are probably ones that are going to be that have been mentioned in like other people's capsule collections but i think they're just things that you can take all the way throughout the year so the first one would be like a lightweight or any kind of just a blazer (gasps) oh my god i I wear blazers all i've got 18 i I just love them really i'm um, blazer <laughs> obsessed yeah say, pe- like, my wardrobe
1: i've got so like many looking at me yeah i love a blazer every
0: color <laughs> how many of you got yeah. now
2: how many of you got in your wardrobe well i'm in my room now i'm actually going to count <laughs> count I've on got. earth <laughs> i've got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten uh <sighs> eleven 12, Thirteen? No, fourteen me. blazers. Ooh. Wow, got You're equally as So not
0: equally quite. I, I need <laughs> to count mine. I don't yeah, really own but, that many, so oh, I'm, I'm going to have to let you know after after we've recorded and let you know how many I've got. It's probably about three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, a blazer is great, and just in all different colours and prints as well. Yes. I think they're just great to take all the way throughout the year. Um, I think the second one would be a white shirt.
1: Yeah, okay. And um,
2: probably for me a very oversized white shirt. Because I just think they're just really easy to throw on. I think they make like an outfit just look a little bit more put together. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice to layer up with like gold jewellery and things like that. Um, so I'm big on like shirts and oversized like grand shirts, boyfriend shirts, things like that. Oh um, I have a and question then a I have
1: third a question one, for that. I
2: would say. Yeah.
1: If you're wearing an oversized shirt, what type of shoes would you Mm -hmm. wear with it?
2: Oh. Just curious. Well, it depends. It also depends on what you've got on your bottom half, I suppose. Like, if you're wearing, like, a skirt with it or maybe a jean or, like, a cropped Sort of trouser, you could wear like a chunky sandal. If it's for summer, you could They're wear a chunky sandal
1: They're very in at the moment, aren't they? These chunky. Yeah, exactly. I, I love a mule. I love a mule. Yeah. I love that word. Oh, oh I like a mule.
2: Oh, that's actually one of my. <laughs> <vibes>. <laughs> yeah. Love that. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, so yeah, or you could wear like just a simple like white trainer, like Vegas trainers or cute Nike fashion trainers. Oh, yeah stages are great Um, and then the third one I would say is like a 90s like shoulder bag like I'm really heavily like inspired by the 90s and women from the 90s so I think a shoulder bag do you it's mean, like, how everyone's doing look. the
1: whole like, little Prada bag things at the moment? Yeah, mean, yeah, like a little
2: Prada. It doesn't have to be a Prada one. No, but one. mine would really yeah, yeah. be a
0: Boohoo or a Prada. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <so> <laughs> you know me. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, I think they just look really cute and they yeah. just look so nice. And it reminds me, like, Rachel Green vibes <gasps> we from Friends Green. So, yeah. Uh, that's a big one for me I have quite a few shoulder bags Um, and then I would say like a split hem trouser or like a split hem ribbed legging is really nice for summer probably more like probably more spring actually and probably you could probably take that straight through into autumn winter as well I was wearing a lot of split hem trousers and leggings and things like that and again I feel like all my capsule pieces are literally a whole outfit that you could wear together yeah um so yeah and then I would say the last one like I mentioned before would be a cute mule like either a flat pair of mules Mm. or a heeled mule I just think they're really nice and easy to they're throw They're all like on.
1: transitional pieces, like they're all a yeah. statement. I'm yeah, surprised definitely. you didn't say leather jacket. Everyone seems to say leather jacket, but I just
2: can't so do it. They just say, don't oh, I me. Think... I'm just not really into leather jackets no, anymore. I love not. a leather blazer. Oh! But like a... <laughs> <laughs> Throwing that one Yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, I do have a leather blazer, but I'm not really into like a biker jacket but I used to be I used to love them
0: maybe this is the thing maybe because I'm a biker jacket kind of girl so maybe you're Mm -hmm. either a blazer or or a biker jacket maybe Maybe it depends on the cut and stuff like that I don't know I find biker jackets
1: a bit too harsh for me I think because I'm I
0: don't know. I just, what are you, Laura?
1: Just a little soft and girly and I like cutesy little things. Oh no, I love it. I'll yeah. Give me a
0: red lip, a biker a jacket and something like yeah. that, I'm well happy. <laughs> with, a, a with, cool a mule, with a mule, <laughs> with a mule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Right, oh, so lovely. then. So obviously you work in the luxury sector, you've worked in the luxury yeah. sector for, how long have you worked at Harvey Nichols?
2: Um, coming up to two years in September. So it's not too long, but long enough.
0: Well, I mean, that must be so yeah. exciting to, to work. You're, you're re- officially our first like guest on from the luxury sector, which is really... Which we wow, really okay. want. Yeah. Which we love. Because, you know, I'm, I I've, you know what I'm like. I'm literally like, right, we're going to get some on for my it first. Or, you know, <laughs> that's just, I suppose, but it's the brands that come to your head, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, obviously, I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And I was like, yes, we need mm-hmm. to get Melissa on. Um, so how do you feel the luxury sector has changed? You know, it's been a really crazy... <laughs> Um, yeah. They said on the World Economic Forum that it's a global reset. So what's this global reset done for luxury, for Harvey Nichols? How has it affected what you do?
2: Mm, I would say, I think obviously the luxury sector, Harvey Nichols included, has obviously taken like a big hit during COVID, as, as well as many other brands in other sectors. So I think a lot of brands are like trying to come up with more long-term strategies now in terms of like bringing customers back in you know like with stores being closed I think it's a lot about now about the strategy of you know what to do to bring those customers back into stores and things like that Um. To be fair, Harvey Nichols still did quite well during COVID, like, through our online website. I was going to say, your online presence is amazing. Yeah, so we were still running, like, through COVID and things like that. So we were still keeping the business going. So we actually still did really well. And surprisingly, I've found that people are still shopping. Um, But I think now the focus is more being more creative, I think, and thinking more on your feet in how, you know... To still put your brand message out there, so that customers are still buying into you. Like, I'm sure everyone's seen that there's not really been any fashion shows anymore. Mm. Um, I think they're starting back up again now. But with things like that, like brands have had to just be more creative now in, in terms of putting their collections out there um, and just keeping customers like engaged and yeah. things like that. And for Harvey Nichols, we're definitely trying to push um like our more editorial stories now because I think people are really interested in in that sort of thing and I think that just you know opens up our scope in terms of what we offer to our customers and also like with our stores uh reopening recently where um getting back into like our experiences that we have like in store um like such as giving customers rewards like we have our rewards app um and it gives like customers points and things like that so it kind of encourages them to come back into store mm. and shop with us um, it's just i think it's just about a lot of customer research. Yeah,
1: I I think experiences. Sorry, experiences (laughs) are so important, and I think especially what's affected the luxury sector is that um, you you didn't really have that online service, and luxury is very much about going into the store and having that customer Mm. experience. So I think from my
0: perspective, that's what they need to step up on is is be have more of a digital presence. Yeah, and as best brands have learned that, like you said, like Harvey Nichols, everyone's learned amazing lessons during COVID, aren't they? And it's like you said, it's that value Mm -hmm. beyond the purchase. I think it's not just about a product is it anymore it is about that like you said that experience that value that reward it's about making customers want to go back not just for a product but for something like you're being looked after is is what yeah Um,
2: yeah exactly you've also worked for
1: primark which is just the complete opposite to harvey nickel so how do you feel like the customers needs and values differ between the two well
2: i would say for harvey nickel as it is uh, a luxury brand with like a luxury customer um they're definitely they definitely value more of like a tailored service when shopping with mm. harvard like i said before they want to have an experience they're into personal like personalization um they don't really just come into a store to just browse and go in and out they want to stop and they want it they want like the harvard store to kind of be a place that has everything for them like in our Birmingham store you know we have like the hair salon in there we have the restaurant in there so it's more of an experience and we also have like the in-store experience like the personal shopping that gives the tailored styling services uh, gift experiences beauty services and we also offer like to customers like private dining and corporate events and things like that so it's certainly more tailored when it comes to luxury fashion and I think with Primark I think the focus for customers is literally giving them fashionable clothing still being like on trend um, and still giving them the opportunity to buy and wear the trends that often do come and like trickle down from these uh, luxury brands but they do want value for money as well and I think uh, the Primark is very interested in, like, just keeping up to date through social media, and that. not really through uh, typical advertisements, but more through social media. So I think they stay very in touch with their customer through that. Um, so, yeah, I think with the difference between the two, like, luxury is definitely more about tailoring and uh, giving them an experience. And Primark is more about is what it is really. It's fast fashion. Yeah. Um. It's all about the clothing. They want it now, and still being able to be part of those trends. But the focus is more on the being less expensive, basically, mm. and value for money.
0: So it's interesting. You say all yeah. those things. Like obviously, I'm very. I love the Harvey Nichols restaurant in Birmingham. It's so beautiful. Absolutely love it. Um. But have you been? Have you been to the <laughs> Primark in Birmingham yet? wondered if you'd ventured back. I have. I've not been a lot. I've not been a lot,
2: but I have been in there like once or twice. Yeah.
0: But it's funny, actually. I mean, I'm number one Primark fan. It's rare, Laura's going to look at me in shock. Mm-hmm. It's rare I say anything bad about Primark. <laughs> but it's interesting with that store in Birmingham, how they've like, they've put beauty salons in and barbers and stuff. Out. But yeah. I've never seen them used. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So you think, okay, they're, they're really? trying to. Yeah, I have never seen mm, anyone never in any of them. Out, are they? I mean, no. you, you have to think that it wasn't open long before Covid then hit but mm. you know as someone that works in birmingham yeah. I'd, I'd like trickle out to i've never seen anyone in the barbers, never seen anyone in the nail salon the restaurant at first i think was no. busy because they opened the it. mickey mouse one was yeah. It? yeah but then there was news that there, there was rats in there oh. in the building wasn't there I remember when it first hit oh. there was yeah but so it's interesting <laughs> that they're trying like to do it. something but maybe that primark consumer isn't after what a luxury consumer would be after will maybe. it work i don't know i'm not
2: sure Um, I mean, it's a, I think it's a great idea to try and bring that more experienced shopping into, you know, like high street brands. But like you say, I think maybe that's not the place for it. Maybe it's the location. Would it work better down in London? Yeah,
0: that's very, very true. Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Well, I think we'll see as as we start to shop more and things open up and experiences in store are allowed. So, thank you so, so much for coming on. Thank you, Fashion Emmys. It's been so lovely to have you. Thank
2: you for having me. More than welcome. It's been
0: really great. Um, And I will just say, for any of our listeners that want to follow you, because you've got, I mean, like we said, some beautiful posts and some great content and some great (laughs) outfits, Um, (laughs) it's Melissa Rianne Johnson, isn't it, on on Instagram? Yeah. Um, So, please follow. She's absolutely fabulous. And I feel like now I'm gonna have to go and buy some blazers and you i don't to, have any of these st- leg trousers do. so i'm gonna definitely. have to listen back and go right <laughs> but i'll i won't be shopping for the luxury version i'll be shopping for the for the cheap prime up version <laughs> that's okay Does thank
2: you from, oh <laughs> no
0: absolutely not i'll rock it anyway but definitely I'll try. Not. <laughs> thank you so so Love much it. for coming you. on bye. take care bye
2: thank you for having me no bye. problem Lisa. bye <laughs> Okay,
1: I have a brand that you are absolutely going to love. Tell me more. My friend posted it on her Instagram um, because it was about dogs. I was like, hell yeah, need to know more. I've got butterflies. They were they were on Dragon's Den um, and they were called Top to Tail Clothing. I didn't actually watch Dragon's Den, but I'm going to go and watch it because I've looked into this brand and I think they're just incredible. So it was set up by two sisters, Sophie and Emma, Um And it's essentially a clothing range that's hair resistant, practical yet fashionable clothing (laughs) line for pet care professionals. (laughs) So from what I understand, she started, Sophie started off as a groomer um, and then she branched out into clothing. And now it's become this kind of like empire. Their Instagram is just ridiculously cute. Um, I think it's like customizable. You can get it embroidered like jumpers, gilets, jacket, denim jackets. It's just so cute. And we bloody love it
0: dogs
2: and yeah and you
1: know
0: what this is actually a really important fashion conversation <laughs> to be having because I, my fashion sense has most definitely slipped since having dogs um because and all like, your money is spent on dogs clothes well there's that but also it's really difficult to look fashionable going for a dog walk i think yeah. it's my dad absolutely rips the shit out of me because he always says i've gone from like this like fashionista that I used to like live in London and, and run my own PR agency to this like total dog mama, don't wash my hair and you'll just find me in my hunter boots and, looking a, skanky. and a coat looking skanky down, <laughs> down the dog field. So actually, I think it's really good, um you know, to talk about this brand and also to talk about the brands that are kind of catering to those dog lovers because it's really important. But this brand's interesting because it's clothing for the groomer Ah, so the practical, professional side of it.
1: Yeah, and I think we see so much. Um, so many brands jumping on the bandwagon of doing, like, dog clothing. There was that TikTok video that went viral of that dog, and it's like, um, oh, what did he say? It's like, um, because of COVID, he's like, see this? Couldn't wear it,
0: you know? You've seen, you've seen it? <laughs> I've no. Couldn't wear it. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, though, no, but I haven't seen it.
1: <laughs> so good. So I think that's really bought, um. The trend in dog clothing. And the dog actually in that video, I think he's now modeling the Zara pet collection as
0: well. (laughs) Oh my goodness. See, this can wear it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I love oh, yeah. it when retailers bring out matching stuff. I just think that, you know, we've seen brands like Miss Guided, um, We said Zara's launching a pet yeah. collection. Jewels have like matching raincoats and stuff like that. My favourite dog mum clothing to date um, is from a brand called Dogsy, where you can literally go on and they print your dog's face on something for you. So um, <laughs> oh. this time a year ago, it was minor and Luca's anniversary. And what the, the best gift I could have ever asked for was this little loungewear set perfect in times of covid as well and literally simba and Nala, yes lion king fam um were literally plastered all over my dress set they're amazing and then i had hugo so weeks later i rescued Another dog, Well, not even weeks later, days later, um, I rescued another dog. Yes, I have a problem. Um, and then, obviously, I, d- I felt really bad because my pyjamas didn't have Hugo's face on it. Um, so then for Christmas last year, my partner got me another amazing uh, pyjama set from Dogsy <laughs> and literally have my wonky little boy, Hugo's face, printed all over them. So I'm all about this matching stuff. I'm all about dog fashion. I think because we're not like
1: human mums we're dog mums mm-hmm. we are dressing getting our dogs to
0: dress like us rather than our children like mummy and daughter it's like what are they doing with dogs <laughs> yeah I mean and I absolutely love that I think it, I just think actually think it's a really important conversation to have being a dog mum doesn't mean that you need to look like an absolute scrubber I've got my hunter boots I love me hunter I've got my hunter wellies yeah. and I've got my hunter walking boots and I've got me like my mountain wearers coat when it's cold but I do actually find it really difficult to, walk, to dress for the dog walk be practical and still look really cool. Yeah. My my other favourite is Primark. I do love the Primark Disney dog stuff. Um, it is cute, but I just don't know if Rob would let me. I always,
1: always... has got no choice. ...do an annual Christmas card of the dog dressed up in something... <laughs> And it's like everyone says, oh, "What are you doing this year?" And I've had like a priest, I've had a choir boy, I've had Santa. <laughs> if you've got any suggestions? Let us yeah, know. Yeah, Christmas twenty twenty one. And I just love it. And for his birthday, I always give him like a little dicky bow and a little hat, and I make him a cake. Um, but I don't know if I just like take him
0: out to town,
1: <laughs> like like how you have yeah. got Nala that little <laughs>
0: denim jacket. <laughs> So that was that was my bargain of the I remember coming back in to show yeah. the students. I went into Primark and they got this little denim dog denim jacket and it'd be like reduced to a pound. And I was like, oh my god, I took it in. I've also got a little Dumbo outfit for Hugo and a uh, little Minnie Mouse outfit for. But you yeah, know what? Some people say it's cruel. <laughs> But it is. There's a line. There is a line, but like you said, I don't like put my dog in an outfit and then take him out for the day in the outfit. Yeah. It's it's awful. This is where these brands have got me and got me good (laughs) because I buy it, I take a photo of mine and I take it off. So I've literally got a whole, well, I say a whole bag. I've got a cupboard of dog clothes, Halloween outfits, the lot. It's amazing. But I think there's such a market and
1: more and more people are jumping on this. The fact that Zara have now done it and you can get dog beds, you can get matching clothes, you can get collars, all these things. I think it's really interesting. And now this top-to-tail clothing are doing... They're prioritising of of looking good when you take your dog to the groomer. And I think it's... it restores your faith in the brand but i think when you take hand your dog over to get clipped it's like i want to know that he's being looked after it's professional you're doing everything right and i think if they've got these customized outfits and then it just restores your faith that they're going to do a good
0: job i mean i just love the idea that it's hair resistant yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean is a a a major problem in my household so even if i am looking absolutely fabulous i'm not going out for a dog walk the likelihood is by the time I've actually got dressed got downstairs and got in the car I'm covered in dog hair anyway you need to get one of these jackets that they sell yeah i'm going to i'm going to reach out dm dm me bab <laughs> so there we go hope you enjoyed please make sure you take some time out really please and review us download all those things that you need to do really really helps us and we're so grateful um, for everyone that has supported us so far so what an episode amazing amazing guest from Melissa from Harvey Nichols thank you so much for joining us and really great to talk about other sectors that maybe we haven't spoken about so much so looking at the luxury sector and then of course finishing on uh dogs, our favorite, favorite thing. Our absolute favourite.
1: Um our next podcast in two weeks' time is gonna be incredible. We've got the lovely Lucy from Pretty Little Thing, talking all things podcast and social media. We are delving into digital fashion, mm. what we think, what we like, what we don't like. And then we have the lovely Sarah with her fantastic brand made by SJP, which is so, so interesting, but make sure you tune in to find out more.
0: Also, it sounds like Sarah Jessica Parker. Doesn't it? Love
1: it. it. Please don't forget you can listen to this episode and lots of other Brum Radio podcasts on the Brum Radio podcast channel at brumradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, don't forget to rate and review us. We would really love your support and feedback. Also, make sure you subscribe or follow us so the next episode of The Fashademics gets to you automatically. You can also find us on Instagram at Fashademics.
0: From the day we arrived on the planet. It's <laughs> call out John. <laughs> Circle of love. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.